0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dream Drop Long Distance, a podcast where two best friends less than subtly sneak the name of their show into conversations. I'm Kyle Bradshaw, and as always, my dear friend Mitchell Orsino has decided to dream drop in from a long distance. How are you today, bud? <laughs> hey, buddy. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Also,
1: very subtle way of adding the intro and the name into it. Thank you. Wink, wink. Uh, very well. Mm-hmm. Very well done, sir. Uh, but yes, uh, I've been looking forward to this episode quite a lot.
0: Absolutely. I mean, honestly, I don't think that the listeners would remember the name of the show if I didn't dream drop it into our conversations.
1: Yeah, that'd be quite a long shot and they'd have to go quite the distance to figure it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't like explaining the joke, but I'll explain the joke anyway. To those listening, uh, the gag here is that on no less than five occasions, the cast of characters in this big conclusion of Chain of Memories decided to use the phrase Chain of Memories. They waited until the last maybe 15% of the game. Somebody
1: that was writing this just went, oh, oh, no, we haven't actually like used the title of this at all. And then they just started hammering it every
0: chance they could. (laughs) I mean, honestly, though, wasn't the first Kingdom Hearts game the same way? Didn't we beat Maleficent and then Ansem showed up and started talking about Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really you didn't
1: even know what that was until you got to the final boss. So you're not wrong. I I feel
0: like they have a habit of waiting until the end to give you that content. See, my original theory was that maybe... Like when the first time that someone said it, I was like, oh, maybe they were like, let's just use a cool line from the game as the title of our game. But then when they said it four more times, I was like, oh, there's no way that's true. <laughs> no, they are just they're just jerking us around at this point. Oh, dude.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was very, very excited with this playthrough. I know we're both looking to it, looking forward to it, because this technically is
0: the end of this game. Yeah. Yeah. So we have played through the the uh, the end of this. So there's some extra context. We might be you might be hearing this ad, but uh, this might turn into a double header for us because we're looking at it. It's like this might be two hours. Oh, it's heavy. But I don't want to put you through two hours all at once.
1: No, no, no. We're going to break. I think I agree. I think we break this up into two. I know we don't want to want to put you through, you know, almost a feature length films worth of content here because there is a lot to the The last. Little bit of this game.
0: Yeah, like gameplay wise, like gameplay time wise, it wasn't that long. And yet so much happened that needs to be talked about. So uh, last we left off, we were handed a card for a world that we did not recognize. Something that was created from the other side of Sora's heart. We don't know what that means to this day. Even with the context of later games, I still have no idea what that means. (laughs) We wind up going to this new... World? And what is it called, Kyle? This world is called Twilight Town. So fans of the series may recognize that name, but let's pretend we don't know. How would you describe this place, Mitch? The The main things that come to mind for me are are the brick buildings and the architecture. This feels like an RPG city, but kind of modern. Like there's a train that runs through town or a trolley, perhaps. To me, it's like picture a very
1: earth tone german village almost medieval that's been retrofitted to be modern almost like how they make you know these like these christmas villages basically like the the buildings look old everything built around the buildings looks new like kyle said there's a monorail that goes by there's neon lights um the thing that really stands out to me though is the idea of like the twilight aspect of it where sometimes when you look around you'll notice that There's like a a hazy light kind of fog, not an actual fog, but like all of the the light rays off of you and every other thing has a slight mysticism to it that play on light that you get from uh, right on the edge of like Twilight Hour. And which I think is such it's such a cool, subtle
0: addition to the art style of this level. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to putting it. I especially liked the the Christmas village analogy. That's a that's a really fitting way to put it. But yeah, I never thought about it with all the mysticism. It's really interesting that it is just always twilight like this. Like I know it's literally called Twilight Town, but just that that golden hour that you're constantly in, it, it's peaceful though, like very peaceful, and that peace is just matched by the music itself, which mm-hmm. is absolutely beautiful but kind of haunting. Did you catch that vibe? yeah no I, very
1: much so like if you picture somebody going off to the afterlife and it's that that song that's kind of playing them out but it's not sad it's like a a last hurrah kind of thing
0: yeah purgatory almost too yeah that's a, that's a good that's a very good term for it purgatory
1: but then you're also immediately matched by much stronger heartless and much. Higher numbered card doors. <laughs> Twilight Town to me was yeah. the, intro- the introduction of the game went, hey, we hope you've been saving up every card you ever owned. And also uh, all the
0: heartless basically get like 50 percent more health. So have fun. Yeah. The weird thing that they don't tell you before playing through this section is that green cards stop dropping altogether. You only get red cards and blue cards. I mean, I get it because the green cards were just strong. There were no mm. downsides to any of the green cards. No. That's still, it's a little cheap and kind of weird. It was kind of dirty and we'll talk about it more whenever we get
1: into the final world we're going to talk about because when I say I was cutting it close, ooh,
0: I was cutting it close. <laughs> oh, man. So, turning to the characters, Sora, Donald, Goofy and Jiminy, they're all looking around and they do not recognize this place and it's interesting because at first Sora's like, oh no, there's no way I've been here before and Jiminy's like, No, that can't be right. He said, this has to be from your memories. All the other ones are from your memories. So they kind of just accept that there's a chance that they've been here and just forgot it, which the player knows isn't true. And it's a weird uh, dichotomy happening there. Yeah.
1: I mean, you're starting to see where they're becoming more open to letting these fake memories
0: impede, which is like, ooh, that's kind of spooky. I still don't even know if this is a fake memory. Or mm-hmm. if this really is from the other side of Sora's heart, just as Vexen said it was. Very true. I'll backtrack on them in a little bit, but my
1: guess is it's still fake.
0: So, But yeah, speaking of fake memories, it goes right into uh, a discussion. Like Sora looks at Naminé's charm and, and has a, a memory flood back to him.
1: He does. But then also the idea that he's like, as long as I've gotten this charm and he brings up, he's like, I'll always remember Naminé. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And that's the first time he says that that is
0: Nomine's charm, not Kyrie's. Well, it never was Kyrie's charm, because remember, Kyrie's charm was the was made from the Thalassa shells. Oh, I know.
1: I know. But it's like now he's not even he it's just completely this is a nominee thing and no longer a Kyrie thing. And that is true. Yeah, that is so wild because of how strong their connection is in this game, in this series. And, I mean, Donald and Goofy just kind of roll with it. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, as long as you got that, you can find her. And I'm just like, no, they don't, They believe it, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of little details in the story, though, that really stood out to me. Like, uh, Sora starts telling this story of when, I think when he was given the charm, mm-hmm. which is there was this night of a meteor shower on the Destiny Islands. Yeah. And he's talking about how Naminé was scared. Like, what if what if one of those shooting stars hits the islands and whatever, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like, if a shooting star comes this way, I'll hit it right back into outer space. Okay, think with me for a second here. Didn't Kairi arrive from Hollow Bastion to the Destiny Islands on the night of the meteor shower? I mean, according to the Kingdom Hearts 1 lore,
1: yeah. So is Naminé now inserting that she was... There? I don't know, man. It's so wild. We don't have any any idea of like what's been who's being told what and what's happening and all this other stuff. But somebody is making some shit up.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And
1: to me, all signs so far point to nominee being the twist here, the person who's kind of like turning that.
0: Oh, absolutely. They showed that pretty clearly when they uh, showed her drawing a picture In the last uh, in our last episode, there was a moment where she was drawing a picture and then immediately Sora started describing the scene that was in the picture. So I think what happens is she like draws something or I imagine that the the artistry is part of it. It could just be like a character quirk. But that's my thought is that like these these drawings that she does actualize into memories.
1: Okay, so maybe she has to be able to visualize what she's making up before she can actually do anything with it. I mean that's interesting. That's an interesting theory. I mean, wouldn't be the weirdest power we've seen in this series.
0: So. No, no, not by a long shot. No. But the only no. other detail we learn. The only other detail that we learn is that nominee left the islands at some point, mm-hmm. which I mean, you know, it's, it's a fake memory, so it's not like that important. But that's weird to me that I guess they had they had to make it make sense somehow.
1: But they don't even really do it. They just keep saying like, and in one day she left. Or one day she had to go. Yeah. And then I made a promise to keep her safe. So it was all these like very vague, but very large in scale. Like the idea of I'm going to implant a memory that I left, but not not the full memory of how I left. Or I'm going to implant a memory in Sora that he promised to protect me. But no context other than that. So he really has to like follow through with that because there's really no frame of reference for what i have to protect them from
0: yada yada yeah yeah. so in a way she's really smart with this absolutely genius yeah so moving on from that little uh moment so the next little tidbit that we get to see is that sora ends up outside of a mansion in the outskirts of twilight town of sorts Mm -hmm. Uh, another very familiar scene to fans of the series but For the player playing for the first time, this is an odd location, not really explained. Because we never we never we never go in. Right. We
1: just stay outside of the gates. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we can't talk about it any more than that because we don't know any more than that. Mm -hmm. It's just a weird mansion at this point. Yeah. But, you know, you walk up to it and Sora's kind of like, I don't really know this place either. In it's kind of the same situation where they're like, what has to come from your memory? And he's like, no, he's
0: like, I don't know this place. And then who shows up, Kyle? That, my dear friend, would be my mortal enemy, Vexen. He shows up, this this weird little scientist guy, he shows up and he's, he starts off simple, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I'm you know he starts planting doubt about Naminé into Sora's mind, like, oh, can, could those things really be real? The memory's wiles can be cruel. In its silence, we forget. In its obsession, it binds our hearts. These sorts of things, I I, I don't know what he's trying to do here. I don't know what his game is, because by hinting that Naminé may not be telling the truth, He's definitely acting against Marluxia's wishes.
1: Yeah, uh, I know at one point he even tells him, he's like, are you sure that you're remembering this? It is or is it your heart that remembers? Which he's already said, he's like he, he's pulling all of this from the other side of Sora's heart. At this point, it feels like he's just laying these little seeds of doubt to keep Sora on a particular path. And so I don't man, I just feel like there's like so many different groups that are pulling Sora in different ways that they want him to go right now.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there's three different groups just inside of the organization itself and then one other side of Namine's uh, will. Yeah. But we wind up having to fight this guy again because at this point Sora now blames Vexen for Riku's change of heart as of late, which is true because it yeah that's definitely Vexen's fault because Vexen's like, This is my Riku, so Sora's pissed and blames Vexen, and they decide to fight and they do, and oh my God, <laughs> Sora lost repeatedly over and over and over again, he kept getting back up and he lost, and he got up again and he lost and he went and fought some more heartless, and he went back and fought vexen and he lost that is uh and that's where we're ending today's episode. uh so long, everybody. <laughs> It, it guys, this fight is—it's ridiculous. This fight broke
1: me. Uh, this uh, this fight broke us both. It it was infuriating, and the amount of text messages that were shared, cursing the digital soul of this character and its mechanics and its gimmicks, and it just
0: ugh. every fight up to this point, I've treated it as just a normal fight. This is Kingdom Hearts. I know how to play Kingdom Hearts. I can do this. No problem. You know, break their combos, you know, or break their slights, do some attacks of my own. No big deal. This guy right here, man. This guy. <sighs> I learned very quickly, and I had heard many a time as well, that there are decks that you can build in this game that are absolutely broken. And that's what I did. I built a deck that is broken as all get out. Through the power of slights,
1: I will not lie. Kyle and I both got to the point where we had to cheese this man. It, we're not we're not proud to admit it, but it needed to be done or we would never be able to record. again.
0: <laughs> no, or I would have spent like five levels just pumping HP and then maybe another five. Like, I maybe could have beat this game at level 75 without this cheese deck. Maybe I could have beat this game. Maybe. But that was not going to happen. I did not feel like investing that level of time. That, and it was kind of cool just to see what a, what a broken deck looks like. I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with a broken deck because no. if it works, if it works and you still have fun. It's a functional deck.
1: Yeah. No, nah, who cares? Absolutely. I mean. But no, continue though, because Kyle did share this this deck with me and I I... will admit that it does work and it works
0: well. Yeah. So basically what I did was we filled our decks with trios that were ready to do the slight sonic blade, which lets you uh, just stab wildly around the map. You rush, 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 rush around and stab at your enemy. And it is a beautiful thing. And We threw some zeros at the front of the deck to be able to break any slights that Vexen tried to use, throw some high potions in there to get your slights back. Uh, And the most important part is at the beginning of each slight trio, there was a premium card because the whole thing with slights is that they burn the first card. That card does not come back on a reload. So... Throw premium there because premiums don't come back on a reload either. So it's like, oh, cool. Do both of those at the same time. Efficiency with your with your card points, your CP, as it were. Mm -hmm. And then high potions get all of your cards back that wouldn't be reloaded otherwise. And then we just went to town on this guy, just stabbing him over and over and over again with Sonic Blade until he died. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't know about you. I had, I think, eight. Loaded up eight times I could use it in a row before I had to use an elixir or something like that to reload and do it again. And once I once I did that, barely touched me. I think he killed me one more time. And it's only because I slipped up, didn't use the right card once he countered me and it threw my entire rhythm off.
0: Yeah, that'll happen. It does happen. Yeah, I I had a had a problem where my cures and my potions were backwards. Mm hmm where uh, I, I had originally had it where cures were the first thing that came up after my slight trios. But what I needed to have was the potions first, because you want to grab a potion and then two cures, because the potion, no matter what, is going to get burned. You just cannot reload any type yeah. of item card. Those don't, those just don't come back. So you may as well throw that as the first card of your slight and then two cures with for Kira. But uh, yeah, he got me a couple times with that.
1: Yeah, but after that we got him. We beat him. Uh, we can admit that we finally beat the bastard. And after you do, he he tries he tries to act like he's not defeated because you can he's, you can tell he's a very prideful person. Absolutely,
0: and if, and Sora just wants Vexen to put Riku back. Yeah, at which point Vexen
1: is just like, I can't put him back. Um, and then goes on to tell him um, you know, says if he keeps going the route he's going, he'll share the same fate as Riku. And if you keep going after Naminé, all you're going to be is Marluxia's
0: pawn. Yeah, yeah. And right when he says that, immediately in that moment, that is when Axel shows up. And Axel is on a warpath on Marluxia's orders. Uh, Axel is on a warpath and... God dang kills Vexen dead. D.E.D. dead. Well, so no, at first
1: Vexen just gets hit with a chakram. And gets like laid out and waiting an axle kind of just like, oh, can't I have you talking too much. And then Vexen is just like, why? And he obliterates this man like he cremates Vexen and not like, you know, bloody, gory. It's a it's a it's a Disney movie. It's a Disney game, kids. But roast this dude. And then he just fades away
0: into the ether. I love Axel's line here, which is just goodbye. Ugh, what a man.
1: At which point Sora in his absolute just like what the hell turns and yells, what are you people? And Axel looks at him and goes, you know, I wonder about that myself. Sometimes we're just nobodies." We're just nobodies. And just that line. Oh, so good.
0: ah. So you get done with that. And Twilight Town's just kind of over. All of a sudden you you just kind of walk through a couple more rooms and you're out or not even a couple more rooms. I think it's just over right after that. Yeah. They just let you go right through. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, cool. That world's over. All right. Back to Castle Oblivion. Yeah. Overall, it was actually a really short world. Yeah, I mean, minus the part where we got our asses kicked by Vexen over and over again. I think we spent more time talking about it than we spent in it.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I'm guys when I say I put the controller down at least once a day for about four days because <laughs> oh it was no. just in, I, I was I Kyle would be like, how are you doing? I'm like, screw this. And he's like, OK, you're going to record later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If I knew that you were having that much trouble on the same part, I would have given you the the trick that I used sooner cuz I I took care of him same day. I was like, "Uh-uh, this guy's going down."
1: Well, I hadn't been keeping up with leveling and getting slights. So I had to level a couple extra times because I was like four slights behind and I didn't
0: have it. Oh. Oh man, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, so I had to do this this little rung Of
1: gameplay was probably the most like level farming I've done in this game yet.
0: Wow. Oh, man. I have had to level farm for ahead of every single boss fight, like every boss fight that's in Castle Oblivion. So, like, I'll finish a world and be like, "Ah, cool. Okay, time to level up three more times before I go back out into the castle.
1: Mm -hmm. I feel like this is naturally... I I liked just clearing all of the like every room I walked in. I'm like, I wanted to beat all the heartless. So, yeah, for some reason, I it just I liked and I would just naturally level like that. But that was one where I was like, oh, damn, I'm like three or four levels behind. I really need to ugh, do a little bit of grinding here. So we get done with that fight. We're out of Twilight Town. And what happens after that?
0: Well, first, we see that Marluxia and Larkseen are watching us and Axel with a crystal ball. And uh, Axel shows up with them. And this scene unfolds where Larxine and Marluxia try to recruit Axel into this splinter cell of the organization where they're trying to take it over from within. Mm-hmm. And something that they're doing about this needs Sora for this plan. And then they uh, he doesn't really like agree or disagree to it, I don't think. He just kind of like plays cool for a little bit longer, but you can tell that he's not actually going along with it.
1: Yeah, no, he hasn't come out and said yes or no, but he does admit just being like, oh, so you guys had me kill Vexen to test whether or not I was on your side. And I think Lark scene even brought
0: up. She was like, we had to see if you had it in you. Yeah, man, clearly he did. He's whatever his goals are. He's really. Doing a good job of playing close to the chest about it from all sides, really.
1: He he definitely is really good at playing the game.
0: So then it cuts back over to uh, to Sora, who runs into a familiar face. Yep, Uh, Riku's back once again.
1: And they get to talking and Riku brings up this this memory, this time about when he promised to nominate that he would protect her no matter what. At which point Sora's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold, on, hold on. He's like, when did that happen? He goes, back on the islands. This one night, there were these shooting stars. And Sora's like, hold on. He's like, and I told her that if they ever came down, I would knock them away. And Sora goes, with a wooden sword. And Riku looks at him and goes, how do you know that? He's like, because I did the same thing. And Riku's like, no, you didn't. That's my memory. He's like, no, that's my memory. And you start to realize that these two are having the same memories all of a sudden. But then Riku gets upset and just like, you're lying. And as he goes to lunge at Sora, this glint where he, he his mind just snaps and he hits the ground, almost like he
0: just got shot in the forehead. And he just like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, that was an interesting moment for me. I really thought that that was going to be the moment that the illusion broke down and that Riku realized that he was being played or that Sora realized he was being played. But especially Riku, like the way that he doubled over, it really seemed like he was about to have a breakthrough.
1: I thought the same thing, but he wound up just doubling down and and didn't believe that
0: Sora could have the same memory as him. Which then uh, leads to a fight. As you do. Best friends have the same memory. Time to fight. <laughs> time to time to
1: square up. Uh, but he doesn't. And he just hits the ground. Basically, you see his mind get tweaked and he kind of freaks and he pulls out. He's like, but she gave me this charm. And he pulls out a charm. And then Sora goes, wait, and pulls out. They have the exact same one. And that just pushes Riku over the edge. And he jumps in and a fight begins for about the
0: fourth time in this game. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, like this is Sora and Riku fight the game, which is fine. I'm totally cool with it. I love I love uh, being able to simulate fighting my best friend and winning because I know it'll never happen in real life. Unless I stand on a chair as we established back in Wonderland. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway <laughs> hello i don't know who that i don't know who you're talking about uh. <laughs> but um but anyway yeah a fight breaks out and uh now that we're all buffed up from fighting Vexen, riku goes down like an absolute chump oh that was not even a fight yeah which is our own fault we broke the game but we decided game you're not playing fair so we're not gonna play fair and we just flushed him
1: yeah it it wasn't what a much of a fight the cards i was seeing him use weren't really that strong so i don't know if it had been that big of a fight to begin with
0: after Vexen, if they did make him a hard fight people would be pissed
1: oh i'd have lost my mind but then we do wind up beating him and he you know he takes off again but he leaves his charm there yeah
0: and sora walks over picks it up and it transforms into a card for the Destiny Islands it does the Destiny Islands, the
1: home of Riku, Sora, Kairi, uh, and a couple other, you know,
0: little C-list Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the character whose name I finally remembered and could not have r- told you her name for the past 14 weeks. I could not have told you that her name was Selfie. 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 Yeah. Could not have told you her name. I, re- I remembered her. I could never remember her name. But anyway. I could never forget that pop cut, man. Yeah, I can't forget her, but I always forget her name. Yeah. But, but anyway, <laughs> s- sidetrack. Hello. Uh, th- I think what's really important in this moment, though, is that Donald starts asking some really hard questions to Sora About the fact that he and Riku shared this memory. He does. Like Donald's like, how how do you know that your memory is the real one? How do you know his isn't how do you know his isn't the real one? How do you know either of them is real? This is weird. Why do the two of you have the same memory? And you know what Sora does? Sora gets pissy about it.
1: (laughs) Sora gets very childish about it. And it's just like they're obviously mine and Goofy. I felt so bad for this. Goofy and Donald were just like, we're just trying to help. You know, we're trying to make sense of all this. He's just like, I don't want to make sense of it. I'm illogical right now. I'm hung up on this girl I've never met. So you know what? Blah, blah, blah. And he runs off without them.
0: Yeah, which is so frustrating. But it needed to happen. Like good friendships have these moments where they break apart. They got to butt heads once in a while.
1: They do, but also then the Heartless get another ramp up in the next level and not having the ability to use those friendship cards. Man, some of those mobs were pretty whack without being able to, like,
0: you know, occasionally clear them out with like a Donald or Goofy combo. It ends up being worth it in the end, but we'll get there. There's a there's a good reward for it at the end of this. Oh, there's, there's I think a great reward for it. And I want to bring up one thing that there was a
1: cutscene right before we got into the Destiny Islands. Axel goes to Nominay and basically is like, if you don't stop this from happening, who will? And she's like, what do you mean? And he walks to the side of the room and is just kind of like, because he's talking, he means Marluxia, Right. And he walks to the side of the room, basically gives her the. I mean, I'm not gonna see if something happens and somebody runs out of the room. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Marluxia doesn't seem to be around, and she gets the hint and she takes off. But Axel looks up to the sky and tells someone, starts talking to somebody in the sky, and
0: wonders how he is enjoying this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I noticed that. Uh, um, he says, uh, "Try and make it interesting for me," and then just busts out laughing. But I, I think. What's happening is that he's caught off guard by the fact that he's laughing and enjoying this moment. Yeah, he was like,
1: he's like, oh, I'm feeling something. And to me, that was such a huge moment that I was like,
0: wait, do they not normally? Yeah, you caught that. Yeah, yeah. And then right after that cutscene, there's one small little moment that plays out where it's just Sora and Jiminy. And Jiminy's like, oh, don't shouldn't we be concerned about Donald and Goofy and or something like that? And Sora's just like, keep it to yourself. Yeah, he gets very, very snippy with Jiminy. I was a little mad.
1: I was like, Jiminy has done nothing but help you during this for free. And you're being a complete douchebag to him. Yeah. I was like, wow, that he has just ostracized all of his friends very quickly. For shame, Sora. But overall... I I didn't fight a whole lot on this level. I mean, I leveled up a couple times, but then I tried to kind of move through it pretty quick. It looks like the Destiny Islands, you know, a little water area around bushes that you can whack and get like health and moogle points with palm trees, the wooden plank buildings and structures that you can tell these kids have built to make like look like tree houses and yada, yada.
0: Yeah, one of the things I really enjoyed was the soundtrack actually. Like they really reorchestrated it. They reorchestrated the song, the destiny Island song for this rendition of it for this level as compared to the original Kingdom Hearts, which is something that I appreciate that they do between games. Like the the opening track that plays in the main menu, that's different here than it was in Kingdom Hearts 1. It's different in every single game. They che- they tweak it up a little bit. And change the instruments and orchestration. And I really appreciated the the chill and jazzy vibe that they brought here. I love the music of this
1: and the atmosphere. And, you know, you're greeted by uh, Sophie, Titus and Waka, who they start to joke around. And they're like, oh, hey, well, you should go meet up with her. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, yeah, don't worry. We'll we'll go hang out somewhere al- so you guys can be alone with her and it's just like, all right, guys, like y'all are being a little on the nose here. Um, and Sora wanders off. Sora doesn't even recognize them, <laughs> which is crazy. No, he doesn't. He doesn't really. He just it's kind of like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> but, but then he winds up finding Riku. But this isn't the Riku we've seen during the entire game. This is original Kingdom Hearts 1, Destiny Island's Riku, uh, Black Tank Top yellow blue overalls like it looks
0: like the the og guy that's a good point that's a good point yeah it's it's got his like actual design rather than the the heartless overtaken version of riku that we've been seeing yeah you know sora finds him but he realizes very quickly that
1: this is the riku from his memories and then all of a sudden the ground
0: starts to rumble
1: and the island takes off
0: Yes, it, it, we're starting to see that fall to darkness, just like what happened in the first game. Yeah. Even though there's yeah, no real cause for it this time.
1: No, they there really isn't. Um,
0: but who who do we fight, Kyle? Well, we fight the classic dark side boss, the, uh, the boss that looks vaguely like Sora, sort of, kind of. He was really easy, but I couldn't use the same strategies that I used against the other bosses. But as soon as you recognize that if you jump up and attack him in the head he goes down so fast like he has almost no health when you when mm. you're attacking something other than his hand
1: yeah he uh, this one obviously the 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 boss beating deck that we had found and been using wasn't quite working but as long as you had cards valued 6 to 9 and could just keep whacking him in the head he was
0: he was nothing it was so easy it almost wasn't fun but that's okay they they put it in there for the throwback
1: well, there also just wasn't like a lot of content to him. He just like appears and then that was kind of it. And then he didn't even really have a gimmick. It was basically this the same thing that he's done in all the other games.
0: OK, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. There was a small gimmick they added, like uh, just like most of the other world bosses. You could pick up a Mickey Mouse card. Oh, yeah. And what that did here is that it just like added platforms that you could jump up onto so you could be on his level and attack him. Yada, yada. Yeah, you're right there. You're right. But what happens after we beat him? Nominee shows up. Sora is confronting the nominee that has been uh, infecting his memories versus the real one who's out in Castle Oblivion trying to undo the damage that she's done to Sora's heart and mind.
1: Yeah. And specifically, we had one who apparently was an like an actual memory. And the other one who showed up after specifically being like, Sora, that's not me. That's the me that you think, you know. And so he is just getting absolutely tugged in two different directions and has no idea which one to believe. Yeah, which
0: drives him crazy. And it's so bizarre. One thing that I found was really interesting here is that Naminé mentions that she was lonely for so long and just couldn't bear it anymore. And that that was the reason why she called out to Sora's heart and lured him to Castle Oblivion. It's so odd to see this play out, but also like how long has Naminé existed or been alone? Is is Naminé actually the same age as everyone else? Does she just appear to be that way? There's a lot of questions with her. That is a very good question and one that we do not know the answer to. Honest to God, I do not.
1: <laughs> I have no idea, but we do have a little glimpse of Sora's actual love interest.
0: But he can't remember her goddamn name. He can't, cannot remember her name, and therefore we will not say it. No, he he no. can't remember Kyrie's name, and it's so sad. It's crazy.
1: But, you know, he sees her face and he's like, there's that girl. He's like, I'm not sure who she is. I just know that she's important. And that's so wild. And after that, which I want to preface really quickly, we do get a new Keyblade card, which
0: is the Oath Keeper. Very important and very on brand for for what's happening within Sora's heart. But also like, yeah, that is that is kind of the Destiny Island's Keyblade, if you think about it. It is. It is very fitting point to get it. So with that, Sora goes back out into Castle Oblivion and finds the real nominee. And right when she's about to start explaining what the hell's been happening, because now there's only one nominee to talk to instead of two, Riku shows up again, again,
1: dude, just (laughs) because Sora actually tells her he's like, hey, you aren't the person that I care about. Like, I have a memory of caring about you and promising to take care of you. But I know that you're not the person, basically. And when Naminé goes to admit it, Riku just steps in and just like, you don't have to explain anything. And it's like, Riku, God, dude, just give up. And they get another slight argument. And Sora and Riku have another fight. That's that's a fun way to put it. A slight argument yeah yeah <laughs> i'm i'm making a point to try to in to do these little bit of like inserts into this stuff for this episode
0: so i feel like i'm doing okay look at you dream dropping these references into our episode from such a long distance shut up <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Keep, okay anyway we wind up beating riku down for about the sixth time in this game and Sora goes to tell him something. Riku actually blasts him with like a, the power of darkness. All of a sudden, as he's going to lay the final hit, we see that that spark on his forehead, that kind of mental just snap, and he just hits the ground like a sack of bricks. That like you can see his eyes pretty much roll back in his head, and he just plops like a. And I thought Riku died. Oh no. And I was like, oh, what just happened? And Namine was like, I, I had to stop him. Yeah. You get and who shows up? Actually, that's a better
0: question. Who shows up after that? Well, scene shows up at this moment and she continues this this uh, trouble that you're in by saying that Namine just now smashed Riku's heart. Which you're like, she can do what? <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely which is wild like how is that even possible but the whole thing was actually ruined for me because when you defeat riku in that last fight you are given a card you know one of the normal heartless cards or whatever the enemy cards that you can put in your deck mm-hmm. and it says riku replica
1: i know i know i really wish it wouldn't have said that
0: Yeah, because the whole everything that happened here of like, oh, no, what happened to Riku or oh, my God, what is happening? Oh, my God, the real Riku is going to kill us. He's going to kill Sora. Yeah. All of that's kind of undercut by the reveal that, oh, Riku replica. All right, whatever. So but Sora doesn't know any of that. So he takes it very personally right in that moment. See, that's funny.
1: That's how you felt about it. I, I think it just doubled down on my emotion of like. Holy shit, Riku's dead. And I saw that. I was like, wait, what Riku replica? Hold on. What is this? And then when they started going in, I was like, oh, OK. So I think we had two different emotional rides there, which I find that's very interesting.
0: Oh, man. I, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, oh, OK. Never mind. OK, that means it hasn't been Riku all along. No encounter that Sora has had with Riku in this castle has been real. Yeah, this is crazy. Kind of disappointing in its own way. Yeah, kind of.
1: I think in some ways, you know. But then Lark scene basically outs nominee as a memory witch, like some she is able to twist and bend and break and replace the memories of people, and that is her power, and that is what is she that's what she's been doing to Sora this entire time, and Sora kind of still doubles down on the idea of like I don't care, like I told her I would protect her, and lark scene is just like dude i'm just gonna put your little simping self out like you're not even this is
0: just getting ridiculous and then what happens so i'm gonna pause for a second because for one lark scene does reveal that riku is a puppet in this moment right here like for one lark kicks the hell out of sora which is wow yeah and then says that you know this riku is just a puppet that Vexen made as an experiment no more than a toy and then picks up Riku's limp body in a way that's both unnerving and mildly interesting. She does hum him like a puppet. Like, she does.
1: So she says, like, I'm going to blame, you know, blame it all on Aminé. Um, but Sora winds up being like, well, I'm still not giving up on my promise to her. And this is while he's, like, clutching his chest from just getting boot kicked in the sternum by Larksine. And she pulls out her daggers and it's just like, you're not even worth it anymore. I'm done with this. And as she goes to attack him, what
0: happens? Nominate runs in there to protect Sora. And then Scene slaps the hell out of her. Just backhand, backhand right there, man. Also, we have to point out that
1: she admits and says that Marluxia made Nominate do this.
0: That's true. That is important because that gives uh, some some trust back to Naminé, who uh, Sora had definitely just offended not too long ago. Yeah.
1: But scene does just like run the gauntlet on everybody in that room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, we would be in some major trouble if Donald and Goofy didn't show up right in that moment. Couple of freaking champions. Yeah, these are my boys right here, man. They know that even though Sora has definitely just hurt their feelings in a major way, he still needs their help. And they're not just going to abandon him because of a couple words exchange. They show up and they heal uh, Sora and they absolutely wipe the floor with scene, because, again, we've fought Vexen and now nothing is a challenge anymore. yeah it's such a cool moment where as she's going to lay the final blow
1: on sora a shield flies out of nowhere and smacks her and she's like basically saying what the hell and all of a sudden a little heel bell appears over sora and donald and goofy all i can describe it as is if you've ever seen an anime or any of the marvel movies or your main hero is just getting the floor waxed by his floor waxed by somebody else. And as he thinks there's no hope to his left and right from somewhere appear his two best friends or his two, his first mates, his brothers in arms. And they just destroy through the power of friendship that which they could not have done alone. And it was awesome. And for it to be a Donald and Goofy moment just made it that much better.
0: Absolutely. We we really turn the tables on her. And then surprisingly, scene fades into nothingness. We've killed her, not just defeated. We've killed her. Yeah, she pulls a Vexen and just she kind of is like, I
1: can't be fading. I can't be doing that. And then she just into nothing,
0: which is kind of morbid in its own way. I don't think Sora's like killed somebody like that before he doesn't like it you can tell he doesn't like it yeah but then again at the same time axel keeps referring to himself and the the group of the organization as nobodies so i mean maybe it doesn't matter as much as we think it does but i don't know it's kind of dark yeah maybe i don't know it's it's a weird thing
1: but they do they wind up having a a whole conversation after that and nominee admits that yeah, Marluxia did make me do it. And this is like why he's making me do it. And Sora's like, you know what? We'll, we're still going to help you no matter what. And probably one of my favorite moments of this entire thing is Donald and Goofy make fun of Sora. And they'd be like, oh, don't worry. You always are like this around girls. And Sora's like, oh, come on. And they both just bust out laughing because they've just outed Sora
0: for not being good with women. Yeah, that was so funny. My my favorites were actually um Goofy walking up and saying, Hello, you must be nominee. I'm Goofy. <laughs> that was so <laughs> good. I loved watching that so very much. And then Sora going on that whole spiel, right? About how how he's gonna continue to keep his promise to nominate, even though it was a false memory and all of that. He's still keeping his promise, right? Yeah. But also being forgiving to nominee for all of that. He's he's going through that whole thing. And Donald's like, Oh, brother, that's a bit much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he's just like, oh, my God, you were trying way too hard. And it's so funny, especially from Donald, who, you know, who's probably the only one in this group that's actually been in a relationship. Right. Yeah, that's true. He does have Daisy here, right? Uh, it just feels like it's a very big brother moment of Donald being like. It's like, oh, Sora, buddy, you're just trying. You're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. And it's 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 so cute. Oh, it's so freaking funny, man. I love that moment.
0: Yeah. And uh, the last thing that we're going to talk about on this episode, though, uh, Mitchell and I are going to keep going for a little bit longer, I believe. But uh, for for where we're going to take a break, I should say, uh, the last thing that happens is uh, they're running off onto the 13th floor. Uh, run down the hallway and Donald starts kind of getting scared of losing memories at this point, which honestly is terrifying when you really do think about it. And goofy decides that the best way to hold on to your memories is to make a promise that's so super duper big in his words that you can't forget it. And you have to keep courageous to be able to continue to keep that promise So they make a a promise to each other and that unlocks a wonderful ability. Tell us about it, Mitchell.
1: Oh, my goodness. This is so much fun to have. So the guys make this promise and they put their hands on top of each other and you get the Trinity Limit ability. The power of their friendship is so strong that you now get this by using a combo of Donald, Goofy, then Sora. Yeah it's Donald Goofy and Sora um you basically summon forth this Eldridge arcane magic and you wipe the field and uh, yeah. mo- i mean this is more through uh, heartless battles
0: it's it'll work on bosses but rarely um, yeah no every, every time i tried it in a boss battle it got broken so yeah
1: i did, it didn't even make sense to me i tried it a couple times and it was it was weak but for heartless grinding and other things like that, excellent. Especially because Castle Oblivion level, like thirteenth floor, man, the heartless do not pull punches.
0: Not at all. But that we will get there uh, for you guys next week. For us, eh, here in about two minutes. But uh, <laughs> for today, for for you all today, uh, this is where we're going to take a pause and we're going to pick up with Castle Oblivion, the big finale of Sora's adventure here within Castle Oblivion. Are you excited, Mitchell? Do you know where we're going next? I am. I'm not going to say
1: it, but I am so excited to do to finish this game like this. This storyline has beaten my expectations by a mile. Yeah, I'm just I'm ready to I'm ready to talk about this last bit. Oh, so ready. But like Kyle said, we are trying to keep it to a certain time limit and we will have to catch
0: you guys on the next one. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you next week. See you then.
1: Hey there, Kingdom Hearts fans. Thanks for listening to the episode. Dream Drop Long Distance is hosted by Mitchell Orsino and Kyle Bradshaw and is produced by Kyle Bradshaw. Our theme music was written and recorded by Alex McLean.